Hello, and welcome to The Unique CPA. I'm your host, Randy Crabtree. The goal of our show is to keep you at the forefront of the changing face of public accounting by having conversations with fascinating leaders and bringing you their stories, insights, and advice. The Unique CPA podcast is brought to you by Trimerit, the specialty tax professionals. Today, our guest is Heather Martin. After 20 years working at a large regional firm in Knoxville, Tennessee, Heather left and started her own firm at the end of last year. She specializes in working with businesses and individuals, providing tax and advisory services, in addition to accounting assistance and software implementation. Her industry interests include real estate, construction, manufacturing, healthcare, startups, among many others. Heather, welcome to the Unique CPA. Thank you, Randy. I appreciate you asking me. Oh, no, it was, it was, it was great that you agreed to be on. Uh, you know, I was trying to think back when you and I originally met. It's been years, but, you know, at least five years ago, I think. Was it at an Upstream Academy conference? It was. I think, you know, I probably went through the Upstream Academy program it was probably maybe eight years ago now. And so, you know, that's a three-year program. So sometime in that five to eight-year range, we ran across each other at one of the one of their conferences. And, you know, they have an excellent program. I was blessed to be able to participate in that. And uh, looky here, I got to meet you as well. Yeah, connection was, for many years to come. Yeah, that's great, and it's uh, and as we we've stayed connected since. In fact, from upstream, we've actually had two of those people on the show already as well. Sam Allred was on the show, and and Jeremy Compton was on as well. So you're following in a great lineage of guests on the show. So I, I'm glad okay. that you're you're part of this. So I want to jump into it a little bit when you and I talked oh, a couple months ago about the you know, possibility of doing this, uh, having you on the show. And I thought the interesting thing would be the fact that you, you know, were at this large regional firm and now went and started your own, I'm assuming one, one person shop, you know, may, maybe have grown since then, but I just, that whole thought process that went into it. And then I kind of want to want to get into the the whole mechanics of how you did it, but just, you know, was that a tough decision? How did you, uh, how did that all come about? Oh my goodness. I thought I was going to be at the firm forever. I thought I was going to be a lifer Um, and they just provided me so much support and uh, direction in my growth and my career um, that I never thought that I would be someone who would kind of branch out on my own. I thought I would be there forever because I love all those people there. And it was a very difficult decision. It was almost like ripping off a limb. Uh, when you think about trying to, to leave a, a firm, which had really become a family all those years. And, and it's not that I guess they have disappeared from my life. They're still there on the other end of the phone and uh, for lunches and uh, great friendships came out of that. But it was when I, when I started as an intern there, And I left when I was managing our department. And uh, when you have um, significant administrative responsibilities, um, whether my clients noticed it or not, I definitely noticed that there's not nearly as much time for client service. And so kind of what makes me tick, what makes me love what I've always do, um, because I've always loved my career, is that I love the client service. I love feeling like I'm making an, an impact 
with them and making their businesses grow and making their individual situations better. And that was really what brought the heart into it for me. And so I had said that hopefully my clients never noticed that I wasn't there as much, but I definitely felt it. So I decided to um, kind of jump out on my own and you are correct. I am a firm of one right now, hoping to grow as I think about going into the fall and next tax season um, that I hope to add uh, one or two people as we go along and just try to, you know, match whatever my clients need at that point. That's great. So let's, let's continue on that thought process or that discussion of planning. So when you would, you made this decision, I know you and I had talked before and, you know, right around Thanksgiving is when you had left the other firm and took a few weeks to get your head around what you were going to be doing next. I think you had mentioned you were on vacation and spent a couple of weeks uh, coming up with the plan for the new business. Is that what, what went on? It is. You know that any time for someone who has left a business, which honestly I had in my professional career, I had never left the business, but it took, there was so much to do at the firm as I wrapped up my final weeks there uh, that there was really no time to plan for what was going to happen in the future. And so I had a, I had a couple of weeks of vacation planned right as I exited the firm. And uh, that's when I really kind of sat down and you know, started creating my budget and my task list and who all I need to contact and what steps I needed to take to kind of move myself forward. Uh, Because I already had commitments that after my two week, two week uh, jump between different uh, firms, theirs and my own, and that I already had commitments on that following Monday ready to go and, and kind of get moving forward with client service. So Um, I really took those two weeks to kind of solidify how I was going to progress and my plan of action and setting up the firm, um, all the mundane stuff that I just felt like there was one thing after the next, after the next to kind of organize before I truly got back to where I really wanted to go, which was client service. Yeah. So, so in that two weeks, obviously there's, and and I agree, I'm sure there's endless amount of things that kept popping up, but I mean, there had to be things like, you know, deciding where you're going to be working from home. Are you going to have an office coming up with the budget and the business plan and, and technology and software and marketing and all this. I mean, how did you wrap your mind around all those? And what was, I mean, did you, put a importance level on each thing and, and what we need to do first, because we can't start without this. I guess I'm just curious of the whole, how you even start the planning process. Absolutely. You know, I started at the, you know, number one, I needed to be sure that my license, I, I was in a reporting year for my CPE for my own license. Uh, during those two weeks, I finalized my CPE so that I could renew my own license I applied for my firm permit um, with the state of Tennessee because, of course, I'm located here, just maybe 20 minutes south of Knoxville. And, you know, then I thought about, you know, what do I have to have going into tax season? I had to have my tax software. What was going to be my best choice there? You know, what was really important to me and what I utilize just about every day is research software. I am a firm of one. I do have resources, of course, that I can tap as far as personnel in various firms that I've met over the years and become, you know, very uh, good colleagues with over the years that I can call and ask. But, you know, there's nothing like jumping on to an online research platform um, that's very uh, thorough 
uh, and be able to get answers that make sense and and you can kind of put your faith into and so that was those those two pieces as far as software for tax preparation and research those were probably my next two biggest items that I went after because I wanted to be certain that I was doing what had all my resource capabilities kind of set up and then I kind of went further on thinking about, you know, logos, you know, that's not something that I ever, mm-hmm. ever had to really deal with. And, you know, so I had a contact there and, you know, what, what I feel like uh, my 20 year career really helped me with was it gave me a, a very robust network of people. You may not realize it as you go along, but one of the best tools in your toolbox, I feel like for a CPA, are all the professional resources that you accumulate over the years. Um, Attorneys, bankers, um, marketing contacts, insurance contacts. Who knew that there was so many various insurances that you needed to start up a CPA firm (laughs) and how much that costs? Um, You know, with even zero employees, just myself. So, you know, those contacts that, that you kind of surround yourself with as you progress in your professional career, they just, they were instrumental in helping me figure out how I needed to be able to form myself and form my firm to, you know, my best advantage and the best advantage for my clients as I moved forward. So it was, it was interesting. And then of course, you know, one of the big pieces is always your budget. Where's your, where's your revenue coming from? You know, that's the bread and butter of the, of my CPA profession and where's my revenue and what are my expenses? And so what is this going to look like? Cause I was trying to plan to be certain that I, you know, what I've said is I'm, I wanted to be certain that I had enough, um, enough bottom line to be able to, you know, put a roof over my head and eat uh, for the year. You know, that's, that's kind of what you're looking at from a startup perspective. Right. So right. It, it kind of, it was interesting to put myself in the place of all the clients that I've served from a startup perspective over the year, trying, trying to be certain that I was doing everything that I would recommend to others to do. You know, sometimes it's like the cobbler, the, um, the cobbler's kids have no shoes right. because you focus so much on all the other people uh, that sometimes you can't focus on yourself. So that was really what those couple weeks at the beach um, allowed me to do before I officially hit the ground running was, kind of uh, put the shoes on my own feet to, to move me forward. And that, that's a good point. Uh, you, you could put yourself in your client's shoes when you're, you know, one of the niches or one of the uh, client bases you, you said you like to deal with the startups and now you're going through that. So you can uh, take your experience and, and help advise them, which is probably a nice, uh, a nice marketing pitch that you have there. It is. And, and don't think I haven't used it a couple of times because especially, like I say, from the insurance perspective, I, you know, you always have people that you can know and you can call, but um, being sure that you're talking to the right people to kind of help you put your, put your own needs first at the beginning, I think is important. Yep. Oh, for sure. So, so you've gone through this two week process now of, of planning and budgeting and albeit on the beach, which sounds really nice. Um, <laughs> and now, you know, like you said, you had commitments that, that next Monday to, to get out and start running, but you need to build a practice. So I'm curious about the whole, the whole marketing, you know, lead generation sales end of things. But in addition, 
you know, you, you, you listed at least on your bio, there are some niches that you're uh, interested in. So, so when you look at marketing and sales, is it based on niches when you're a startup or is it based on, you know, what clients you can actually gather or, or mm-hmm. how you do that? But then the marketing other things as well. Right. And I will say when I first started, um, you know, marketing, no offense to any marketers, mm-hmm. uh, because they are such an important industry. Right. Uh, but, you know, as I was leading in the tax season, I had a lot of contacts and a lot of referrals um, that I had accumulated throughout the years. And so really, I would say that the month of December and January, honestly, before, you know, we had even heard the term COVID-19, I was out and about shaking hands and, and letting people know that I had made a change and that, you know, I was still open for business and Uh, ready to take referrals and, and kind of being sure that they understood kind of who my niche clients were, you know, who were the clients that I have served, not of course, name specific, but kind of industries and the process and how I help them. Who were the clients that I have served over the years that um, I wanted to continue to serve? Because like I say, that really brings the heart into uh, what I do. And it really gives me the passion to, 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 just keep moving forward and, and helping people. And, you know, I wanted to, when you're with a, when you're with a larger firm, I think people kind of identify you with the firm and have the firm ideals kind of right there in front of them. And so I wanted to be certain that my referral sources that I'd accumulated through all these years saw Heather, you know, in the, as the face of the firm, uh, not just, the firm that I had been a part of for all those years. And, and, you know, I feel like that was a, that was a pretty good transition as far as I think people recognized me, even if I wasn't attached to a firm that was the size of the one I was. So uh, I I feel like I have, I've accumulated some really good sources over the years to kind of help me move forward. And, you know, some of those were other small CPA practices, you know, they did it before I did it. And so sitting down with a couple of them and, you know, seeing how they had moved forward and what they were doing and what their biggest concerns were, uh, they were, they were really open and honest and to try to help me um, get my, get my foot in the door because I think there's enough work for everyone. And, you know, I'll be the first to say if a client comes to me and it's outside of my, uh, what I consider to be my wheelhouse, my prime niche that I'm the very first one to say, I can, I can help you so far, but then we may need to bring in some, um, some a, li- a little bit more depth of experience in that because I want to be certain that you're served the best. Just, you know, there's enough work out there for all of us. And I don't want to, I, my overall goal always is to be certain that the client is served well, whether it's by me or whether it's by someone else. I right. just want to be certain that they're finding the right answers for them. Yeah. And I so, think that, that type of attitude will go a long way to, to build a, a good rapport with clients and, and build a nice practice because then they know you're looking out for them. Which is great. So that being said, you know, you said you did this because of that whole client interaction face to face, knowing that you're helping, knowing that you're supporting. So, so as a business of one or a firm of one at this point, there is a lot of face to face, unfortunately, and we are doing this during the, a pandemic. Uh, how do you get around that, I guess? Uh, um, or, or have you had to have any issues because of the COVID-19 uh, going on at this point? I've been very blessed. I've got to say that with my 
referral network and with um, some very key clients that um, I have served for several years that kind of made the made the jump with me. Um, I was really moving forward quite well um, before we saw, you know, shelters in place and, and stay at home um, information coming out. So I would say that, you know, if I, I couldn't have planned, um, because I will say there, there wasn't a lot of planning before those two weeks at the beach. Um, I couldn't have planned a better start and I'm really thrilled that I, I was able to kind of hit the ground running as you go into January, early February, and had most of my work through tax season already accumulated. Um, so, you know, the, the biggest problems that I feel like I have seen as we've went over the last couple months is more, how do I deliver product? How do I, how do I deliver information, especially with clients that are new to me, um, that I haven't had relationships with all those years? You know, they like to if I was in their shoes, I'll say that, that I would like to put a face with a name and they right. haven't been able to do that. Um, especially I also do a, quite a bit of uh, work with the elderly population. So when you think about estate planning and estate returns and deaths in the family and, you know, that kind of moving forward, those are the individuals that you wanted to be most sensitive to during this pandemic. And they're also the ones that sometimes have um, not as much information related to technology. Right. Uh, so they, so there's, you know, there's been a lot of mailing back and forth, I think, more than I had anticipated, at least, um, because my, you know, my plan was always to, you know, sit down in front of people and explain and let them get to know me from a, from a personal perspective, in addition to a professional perspective, because I think that helps um, bind your relationship. And, you know, that's what I've really been looking for all these years to kind of build relationships. And I've been uh, really, I was really thrilled with the clients that I had accumulated and served throughout all the years. A few of them have made the jump, like I say, over to me as well. And we're continuing that very smoothly. And it's just, like I say, the, the delivery of information has probably been the hardest and not, not being able to do face-to-face -face with some people. The one thing that I found in this uh, whole new, uh, era of uh, of business that we're in through the pandemic is i've had a lot more phone calls it seems like than i used to and, and and i mean obviously zoom calls as well but phone calls where in the past it may have been emails and text and all that and it's just people are looking more for just that personal connection even if it's if it's a phone call rather than yes face and and if there can be any positive out of what we're dealing with that has been a positive that it seems like i, I bet get these deeper connections through our conversations than I have in the past. So I'm assuming that you're finding that as well. I am. I, and granted, I love to sit down and talk to people. You know, that's, that's um, you know, when I talk about client service, it's really looking people in the eye and trying to solve their problems and, and do this volleying back and forth as to, well, will this work? Well, no, that doesn't work. Well, maybe this will work. And, you know, kind of having that back and forth. And so I, I love a sit down meeting to kind of talk to people and, and connect with them, but I'll, you know, doing it over the phone, you can get that same type sentiment uh, going forward. And, you know, with zoom meetings, you know, I'm not, I'm not an expert on zoom, you know, as we, 
uh, with a firm of one, I haven't had the necessity of do to do a lot of internal meetings right. at this point. But you know, just being able to to make a little bit of contact and to hear a human voice, I think that from air in our profession. I never would have anticipated if I would have, if someone would have asked me 20 years ago that I would be talking and communicating as much as I do today, never would have thought it. Right. Never, you know, you, you, you think about the stereotypical CPA in the back room, uh, you know, with its calculator and the computer and, you know, kind of hunched over and, you know, that's kind of the, the antithesis yep. of what I've done over the last 20 years. And so I know people still have that vision in their head, but, you know, we keep trying to knock it out of them so that, you know, they see us more as a, you know, what I want to be as a member of someone's management team. I want to, I want to be a resource and advisor to help yep. someone move their practice forward. And, you know, it's amazing as to the, the types of questions that I get because, you know, I'm, I'm working with small businesses. And when I say small business, I talk about, you know, 15 million, uh, 20 million of grocery seats and below. So, you know, it can be the, the $200,000 sole proprietor reported on a Schedule C, or it could be the, you know, 15, $20 million business that doing manufacturing work, you know, it could, you know, kind of just, it's, it's a, it's a big spectrum when I talk about small business but um, oh, some of those small businesses, you know, they, they need tax support. Of course they do, you know, and that's, right. that's when you sometimes traditionally think about the CPA. But then also when I think about, um, you know, I, my term is like functioning as a member of their management team that's is great. when they call and ask about all kinds of things that have nothing to do with tax. And so a lot of my practice is built up you know, from a business advisory standpoint, I think I do just as much of that work as I do of tax work, right. true tax work. And so, you know, they call and they ask about, you know, insurance questions, things that you just as a CPA that you have been exposed to through all these years. You know, one of my industries is real estate and construction. So talking about getting your contractor's license with a particular state and how you go about doing that and you know, how the financial pieces kind of bleed into that. And then manufacturing, talking about, you know, first in, first out or last in, first out, you know, what's best for them from a, from a financial management perspective, not just a tax perspective. So that's what I really like to do for a small business is that, you know, a lot of them do not have or need the financial capabilities to have someone at a really high level, financial level in house. And so being able to serve them from an outside position with both their tax needs and their financial management needs is just, um, it's very satisfying as far as building a career that you really enjoy helping people with. Well, that's great. I, I'm, I'm very excited to see where, where you go with this. And I guess, speaking of that, you already mentioned you have a plan uh, for the year, at least, of uh, you know, another person or two. Uh, uh, how far in the future have you planned, or are we looking one year at a time at this point? Right now, you know, especially as um, you know, normally at this time of the year, I would say that I just came out of tax season, but right. tax season got all messed up this right. year, and yep. it, you know, I, so I'm, I can't say that we're just coming out of tax season, but. Um, there's still plenty of work to be done, but I, I am operating more on a, on a year to year. And, you know, I just, you know, thought of, you know, last week that I really needed to sit down and kind of review 
my clientele, the clientele that I have accumulated over the last, what, five months now, and see where that may lead me. Because I am, I'm, I'm uncertain at this point as to who will be my best hire. And I think really looking at my clientele and what their, what their needs are, and then projecting out as to as far as where I want to go from here, is that going to be more of a, a bookkeeping person that could help me with, you know, some payroll responsibilities and some, you know, lighter responsibilities? Or is it someone that, you know, maybe is not far off of what I, who, you know, 20 years of experience, maybe it's someone that's been, you know, 10, 15 years of experience that um, may want to uh, join a smaller firm. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how I kind of move forward. Um, but it's all still in the planning stages. Yep. Yeah, well, I think that's great. I'm sure you'll make the right decision on, on any way you go. And I think the fact that you're, the way you look at your client base and the way you look at, at that interaction, personal interaction and being part of their team, I think will go a long way. So I, I really appreciate the uh, the information you've shared here with us and, and going from a, a large firm to a one-person firm, I'm sure is a, a little bit of a shock, but I'm assuming it's a very exciting as well. So I, I appreciate that. Anything you want to add on that end before I ask one final question here? I will say that I have, I've really enjoyed uh, my time through these first five months. It's been exciting. It's kind of put new energy into me. Um, and I'm, I'm thrilled with my move at this point and, and kind of excited to see where I'm going to go in the future. So yeah, thanks, great. Randy. I appreciate you asking. Yeah, no problem. So I like to usually end this, or not usually, every time on a fun fact. Um, and so you can you can tell me something that you uh, want to, but the one thing I did when I was uh, looking up some stuff on you is I, I do see you volunteer, uh, what, you were on a couple boards. Was one a, a, a symphony or something? What was? Ah, uh... oh, the Knoxville Opera. Yes. Yeah, there you go. So mm -hmm. what's that all about? I know. Well, a, a colleague at my former firm, he uh, has gotten me involved in the board of the Knoxville Opera. So I'm going into year four, I think, or well, I, maybe it's year five that I'm about to enter um, of a six year term. And you, I will uh, freely admit that I am not an opera buff, <laughs> but I have all kinds of business and financial knowledge that I can lend. And, you know, I feel like uh, charitable organizations are always looking for that. And so, you know, I, I, I told them and, you know, self-confessed, I think on my very first meeting with the executive director that I cannot sing. You don't want me to sing. There is <laughs> nothing about me that could uh, be beneficial to you in that world. But I do have some financial knowledge that I think I can help with and, and help move the organization forward. It is, you know, I love the arts and I love the arts in the Knoxville community. Uh, we just have so many great organizations, you know, the symphony and the opera. And then the Tennessee Theater, of course, brings the Broadway shows to Knoxville every year. And, you know, and right now, arts are struggling. You know, it with the with a with a pandemic on our hands, it's very hard to put people in the seats. Yep. And so now, you know, it, even over the last four years, you know, the next couple is going to be really critical for them. And and I'm excited to be a part of the team and and kind of help uh, put some direction around them from a financial perspective. But 
You know, if you, um, like I say, I had never attended an opera until I, I had a seat on the board. And then um, I've been to just about all of them, I think, uh, since then. And, you know, Knoxville puts on about three productions a year. And we're going to see how that looks for this coming fiscal year in a completely different world. Um, but it's a interesting organization and, and a great, great thing to be a part of. And I'm, I enjoy it tremendously. Yeah, well, that's great. And yeah, the, uh, you, are, you are correct. The arts are definitely being hurt in this whole arena. I, my wife and I were supposed to be going downtown Chicago this next weekend uh, to see a play. We have another play uh, in about three weeks. Uh, we had just joined this uh, this theater to, to get a membership for the year. And that doesn't look like, well, these first two for sure aren't happening. And I got a feeling we won't be seeing any of them this year. So that, that's too bad, but, it, but it's great that you're it part is. of that. And I think they have the right person in, involved with that board. Even if you can't sing, they have a right person <laughs> to, uh, to help them move forward once, uh, once they can get people back in the seats. So that's exactly right. And that, you know, we have a great executive director that's thinking outside the box. You know, you, that, that term I think is sometimes thrown around a lot, but you know, there's, there's a way I think to bring opera and the arts to people, even if you're not in the seats. And so we're looking at different options to kind of help us through this next tax season. Sorry, it's not a tax season. It's an opera season um, to see uh, how we can, you know, interact the most with our audience, uh, whether it's in the theater or whether it's in different um, other different venues. So it's going to be exciting to see um, how we move forward. Yep, that's great. Uh, but before we wrap up here, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, um, I'm assuming direct them to your website or, or what's the best way to, uh, to get a hold of Heather? Absolutely. You know, I, I've had a website that was part of my marketing, even though I didn't mention that earlier. Um, I did put up a website just to kind of validate my identity. You know, yep. you need that, I feel like, in this day and age. And then, of course, LinkedIn, you'll always be able to find me there. And that has my phone number and um, email address on it as well. So, you know, I take all times, all types of people reaching out. You know, even Facebook Messenger has become a tool. You do what you need to do to kind of. Yep. To kind of reach out to the public during this time and like I say it's been it's been an exciting time over these last five months and I'm looking forward to the future well that's great well I thank you for being on the show I really appreciate it and uh, hopefully I'll be able to get down to that Knoxville area sometime soon and and see you in person but uh, in the meantime this was great yep I appreciate you very much asking me thank you Randy Thank you for joining us today, and you can find all the links and show notes for today's episode as well as more about Trimerit at theuniquecpa.com. Remember to subscribe and join us for our next episode where we'll be going beyond compliance into forging new pathways of delivering value to clients, diversifying your revenue streams, and leading-edge management techniques and styles. 